For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Praise the Lord. I want to thank you for tuning in today as we dive in to God's Word. We're going to dig out some amazing truths, some biblical truths from God's Holy Word. Don't miss it. We're in the Gospel of God, John, Gospel of John, chapter 11. We'll start in verse number 12. And while you're turning your Bible there, if you're looking for a good Bible, Go look at church Bible publishers. Me and my whole family use their Bibles. They are the best on the market. You can go to kjv.com. So the Gospel of John, John chapter 11, we'll start in verse number 12. And this is where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And his two sisters, Mary and Martha, were very disturbed. And they had sent word to Jesus that, hey, the one that you love, your friend, he is sick. He is sick. He is dying. You got to come now. And so we're going to start in verse number 12. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. And now they're talking about Lazarus here. If he sleep, he shall do well. His disciples did not understand the Lord's reference to sleep. As many times we don't, we give them a hard time or, or but many times we don't understand sometimes what God is trying to tell us in our own life. They did not realize that he was speaking of death. Maybe they believed that sleeping was a, a symptom of recovery. And they concluded or thought that, if hey, if Lazarus is sleeping good, if he's sound asleep, then he's past that crisis. He's getting some rest. The verse might also mean that his physical sleep were the only thing wrong with Lazarus. Then there was no need to go to Bethany to help him. But wait, did the disciples have something else in the back of their mind? It is possible that the disciples were fearful for their own safety, and they seized upon the excuse. They grabbed that excuse for not going to the home of Mary and Martha because they were worried. They were worried that the Jews, that the religious leaders was going to kill Jesus and he would kill them too. And so they are telling Jesus, wait, if he's, if he's asleep, he's fine, Jesus. We don't need to go there. He's all right. He'll be all right. But really, maybe they were worried about them own, their own self in the back of their mind. Can I just say when God calls you somewhere, do you pull yourself to the front and say, well, wait, what about me? I got to worry about this and I got to worry about that and I got this. But God says, hey, if you'll just obey me, I will bless it. And I will bless you and I will bless your home and I will bless your family. Amen. 
So verse 13, Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Here it is clearly stated that when Jesus spoke of him, he was referring to death. But his disciples, they did not quite understand that when, he, when he's talking about sleep. But here, Jesus lays it out plain as day, as sometimes he has to do with me. Hey, hardhead, this is exactly how it is. And he tells them, Lazarus is dead. Do you understand that? I mean, he put it right down there where the rubber meets the road. The disciples did not ask the Lord, how do you know? Did you get that? They didn't question him. Well, how do you know? No, they knew he, he was telling the truth. They knew that he knew what he was talking about. Jesus spoke with complete authority, and they did not question his knowledge. Can I ask you, when God speaks to you, do you question him? Do you say, well, how about this? Well, how do you know? Yeah, but this is what makes sense. Two plus two equals four. But God says, hey, if you will do this, if you will do it my way, I will bless it. Don't question what God tells you in your life. And you say, well, how does he speak to me? He speaks to you through his written word, through the Holy Bible, through God's word. He wants to speak through you, to you and give you the best direction of your life. He wants the best for you. Will you accept it? Will you receive it? Verse 15, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless let us go unto him. Now this is Jesus speaking here. This is Jesus talking to them, and this is what he says. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Now wait a minute, Lazarus is sick, he's dying, he's dead, and Jesus said, I'm glad that I wasn't there, but make no mistake, the Lord Jesus was not glad that Lazarus had died. Nowhere is it recorded in the New Testament. Do you know this? Nowhere is it recorded in the New Testament that somebody died in the presence of the Lord. The disciples would see a greater miracle than just Jesus preventing the death. No, and Jesus knew it. He said, I'm glad I was not there. Now, maybe they knew what he was talking about, and maybe they didn't, but Jesus knew that I'm going to show you a greater and much mightier miracle than if I just stopped somebody from dying. No, I am going to raise somebody from the dead, and they would see a man raised from the dead, and their faith would be strengthened. Jesus was not implying that the disciples had not already believed on him. No, they, they believed on him. They absolutely believed him. But the miracle they were about to see at Bethany would strengthen their faith in him. And he urged them to go with him. Can I just say, when you obey God in your life, God will show you things that are great and mighty, which thou knowest not, and it will increase your faith. And can I just say, faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the bigger it gets. It'll grow and grow and grow. And you say, well, I don't have much faith, preacher. Listen, step out on the little faith that you have and ask God to break it, bless it, and multiply it, and he will. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. Amen? So how much faith would it take to move a mountain or the grain of a mustard seed? Amen? 
And so the more you use your faith, the more you step out on faith, the more God's going to bless it and grow it. Verse 16, John chapter 11, verse 16. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas felt that if the Lord Jesus went there, he would be killed by the Jews, by the spiritual leaders. And hey, these words that Thomas is speaking, they are not words of great faith. They are not words of courage, but they are words of discouragement. Thomas said, well, they're going to probably kill Jesus. We might as well go so we can die with him too. Can I just say, when you're following Jesus, you ain't got to worry about death. The apostle Paul said, oh, death. Where is thy sting? You see, because when Jesus died, the Bible says that he ascended to the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And when he arose, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He had defeated them. He had conquered them. And he has power over them. And that's why I know that I put my faith and trust in him. Now, I'm not beating Thomas up. I'm not beating Didismus up. But in this verse, they weren't showing much faith when he said, hey, let's go follow Jesus. We, we might as well die with him too. Verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Verse 18. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. The fact Lazarus was in that grave is proof that he was dead, just like Jesus said. He's dead. And so Lazarus must have died shortly after the messenger was sent because it was a day's journey to where Jesus was at. And Jesus said he's going to stay two days. And he did. And then it took another day. And that explains why Lazarus spent four days in the grave. But listen to me. When we're in a panic, when we're worried, saying, where's God? I've been talking to him. I've been asking for him. I've been asking him to fix this problem. I've been asking him to intervene in my life. I've been praying and praying and fasting and praying. You listen to me. God's delays are not God's denials. God may be making you wait so that he can show you something greater and mightier in your own life so that just like this, he could have stopped Lazarus from dying. But oh, what a great and much mightier your miracle it is to raise him from the dead amen and it will increase your faith verse 19 and many of the jews came to martha and mary to comfort them concerning their brother hey but little did they realize but in a short time all that comfort would be entirely unnecessary and that this house of mourning will be turned into a house of great joy a house of praise a house of glory amen and listen to me, God cares about your sorrows. He cares about your hurts. He cares about your pains. The Bible says in the end, he's in, in Revelation, he's going to wipe away every tear, every hurt, every pain, every sorrow. Hey, it will be gone, null and void. Amen. Jesus is going to wipe them away. Just like when he comes to this house and here they are sad and they're crying and they're mourning and he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Oh, what joy that must be when they saw him raised from the dead. And they didn't need no comfort. And why? Because they had great joy because Jesus had showed up. Verse number 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. It says, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, man, she took off out that front door, ran after him, 
I'm sure she threw her arms around him, probably weeping and panicking. Jesus, we've been waiting on you. Jesus, we've been asking for you. Jesus, where you been? Jesus, you should have been here yesterday and the day before. Why are you just showing up now? But Mary didn't. Mary sat in the house, the Bible says. And we're not told why Mary remained in the house. It doesn't say one word why she chose to stay in that house. You know that she heard Jesus was coming because Martha busted out the door and went after him. Maybe, maybe Mary was paralyzed with grief. My brother had died. I'm hurting. I don't even want to move. I don't want to lift a finger. Or was simply waiting in the spirit of prayer and trust that I know when God shows up, when Jesus shows up, Things change. He brings and breathes life into dead, stinking situations. Hey, he can take something horrible, something terrible, and turn it into something terrific. Amen. That's what Jesus can do when he still shows up. So maybe Mary was doing like that verse says, Be still and know that I am God. When you're not running around in a circle panicking, throwing your arms up, jumping up and down, waving them, but you say, I trust God. I don't have to move, but I have to trust him. And I'm going to sit right here, and I'm going to wait for him to show up, and he's going to take care of it. Now, I'm not saying you sit on the couch and do nothing. That does not an excuse to be lazy. But listen, when you trust God to intervene in that situation, and you're not running around like a wild chicken in a circle getting nothing done, but you know God's going to show up, and he's going to take care of it, and you can put your trust in him. So maybe that's why Mary didn't get up and run out of the house. Verse 21, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. She thought Jesus could only do this. It could only save him if Jesus was bodily present. Can I just say God is omnipresent? That means he's everywhere all the time. The Bible says that he's in every place beholding the good and the evil. He knows it all. She did not realize that he could heal a man from a distance, still less that he could raise from the dead. Hey, there's a if you got somebody you care about and they're on the other side of the world and you want them to be saved, they're on the other side of the country. They won't even talk to you. They won't even they'll they'll reject your letter if you write it to them. They won't have nothing to do with you. You listen to me. God can reach down past all that and touch their heart if you'll just talk to him. Give your sorrows to Jesus. And often in times of sorrow, we talk like Martha. We think that if such a drug or, or medicine had been discovered, then this loved one would not have died. If I just had enough money, if I just had enough time, if I just had this, if I just had that. But all these things are in the hands of God and nothing happens to one of his own without permission. Not one single thing can touch you without the permission of God. And I know sometimes we panic, and I'm not taken away from your hurt because there's a lot of worldly hurt. A loved one dies, a little one dies. Those are hurts, and those hurts don't go away. Amen. But you, when you view them through the eyes of Scripture, oh, how you can see it through God's eyes. How this life is but a vapor. How it'll soon be over. And if you're saved, you'll be in the presence of a thrice holy God. And he's going to wipe away every tear. Amen. Verse 22. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Did you see her faith? 
She said, if, like I said, if you just showed up yesterday, Jesus, this wouldn't have happened. But here she said, I know that if you'll just ask God, if you'll just tell God, God will take care of it, and God will get it done. The faith of this devoted sister shone through. It shined through. Amen. She did not know how the Lord Jesus would help, but she believed that he would. Can I just say you don't have a clue what the Lord Jesus, how he's going to help in your life. It's usually in the way we don't think of. Like, I couldn't believe that the Lord did it like that. I can't believe it come about like that. Why? Because you know that only God could have did it because God gets the glory out of it. Amen. And many times we think, man, this fell through, that fell through, my truck broke down, it's blowed up, my dog died, everything in the world's happened. But listen, God is always in the background doing his work. Will you trust him so that he can show you great and mighty things and he can take your old dead stinking problem and raise it up unto a glorious thing amen and this girl she had confidence that god would grant him that request amen verse number 23 jesus said to her saith unto her thy brother shall rise again in order to draw out her faith and her greatest highs, the Lord Jesus made that statement, hey, your brother, he's going to rise again. It is wonderful to see how the Lord deals with this sorrowful, hurting woman and seeks the Lord, seeks his wisdom, seeks his power, wants to give her problem to him. Amen. Verse 24, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Martha realized that Lazarus would rise from the dead someday when Jesus comes back and the trumpet sounds. The Bible says that the dead in Christ shall rise first and those that are alive will be caught up with them in the air to meet Jesus. But this is not what Jesus was talking about. He wasn't talking about when he returns. Verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and so when jesus said he's asleep he knows that he breathed life into him again and many times death is referred to that way in the bible sleep maybe you're you're you've lost your parents your grandparents they're in the grave they're what the Bible calls asleep, but one day Jesus is going to come back. The trumpet's going to sound, amen, and we'll be risen with Christ. And they will get to walk with them and talk with them and hold their hand and hug them. Amen. I look forward to that day. But let me tell you something greater than that. I look forward to being in the presence of a thrice holy God. I know there's streets of gold, walls of jasper, seas of crystal. Amen. Gates of solid pearl, but they are nothing compared to being in the presence of a thrice holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. I look forward to that day. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 26, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? He asked her. The second class is described here in verse 26. Those who are alive at that time of the Savior's coming and who will believe in him, they shall never die. They'll be caught up in the air. They will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and they'll be taken home to heaven to be with the Lord, to be with those that are raised from the dead. What a precious truth has come to us, as to me and to you, as a result of Lazarus' death, 
God brings sweetness out of bitterness. And he brings great beauty and wonderful things from the ashes. He most certainly does. Jesus asked Martha to test her faith. Jesus asked her at the end of that verse, Believest thou this? And I'm asking you under the sound of my voice, do you believe what God is trying to tell you through his word? Do you believe that God wants to intervene in your life and breathe life back into your problem? To breathe life back into that dead, stinking problem? The one that you said, I give up on that. I'm done with that. I give up on that kid. I'm done with that child. I'm done with that grandchild. I'm done with that job. I'm done with this problem. Hey, have you waited on God and give it to him to show up? Amen. Believest thou this? Can I ask you that? Do you, what about the biggest question of all? Have you ever put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, he didn't just come down on that cross for good people. No, he came to seek and to save. That's what was lost. Those that thought they were righteous and holy said they don't need a Savior. They can't even get a Savior. They can't have the Savior because they don't think they need Him. But those that have committed the crimes, those that have broken the laws, those sinners that are low and lowly, amen, those are the ones that Jesus came to save. He came to save everybody, but He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Can I just say there's nothing that you have ever done that can separate you from the love of Christ. Will you accept him today? Will you realize that you're a sinner in need of a savior and that you can't save yourself? And I don't care how big and bad you are, one day your heart's going to stop and you're going to stand before God and give an account for your life. For everything you've said, everything you've done, every thought you've ever had. Can I just say, Jesus wants to pay for that sin for you, but will you accept it into your heart? Will you accept him into your heart? Verse 27, our last verse. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Martha's faith shined through strong here. She says, Lord, I believe and I know you are the Christ. She confessed Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, whom the prophets in the Old Testament had predicted would come into the world to save the world from their sins. Like John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that word perish, that doesn't mean just die. No, that means to be cast into outer darkness forever, for all eternity, away from the presence of God in a place called hell. But listen, he doesn't want you to go there. He wants the best for you. Like I said, he wants the best for you. He wants to put your feet on the streets of gold. Amen. He wants to put a white robe around you. He wants to save your soul. He wants to wipe away every tear. He wants you to be with your family in eternity. Amen. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. As much as I love my family, I wouldn't let my son die for them. I wouldn't even let my own son die for myself. But Jesus loved you that much. And here, in the story about Lazarus, we should notice that this woman, she made this confession before Jesus had raised her brother from the dead, not afterwards. She believed on him. Can I just ask you, 
Have you ever repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work of the cross in our Lord Jesus Christ? Today is the day of salvation. Trust him. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.